The Calais-Galen Forum, an annual dialogue on Asia-Pacific security, was held virtually on Tuesday. During her opening remarks, President Tsai Ing-wen said Taiwan was a force for peace and prosperity in the region. She emphasized that Taiwan was committed to preventing armed conflict in the Taiwan Strait. The annual Katagalan Forum was held virtually on Tuesday. In her opening address, President Tsai Ing-wen said Taiwan aimed to bring peace and prosperity to the Indo-Pacific. She said Taiwan was willing to contribute to regional stability. We are willing to shoulder our share of burden and we would not take our security partners' recovery for granted. Taiwan is also fully committed to collaborate with its neighbors to prevent armed conflicts in the Taiwan Strait, the East and South China Seas. While we don't seek military confrontation and hopes for peaceful, stable and beneficial existence with our neighbors, we'll always defend our democracy and way of life. President Tsai said the pandemic had brought huge changes to the world. She said it had also highlighted Taiwan's role as an indispensable partner for like-minded nations on fronts including democracy, healthcare, and semiconductors. Taiwan's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and its assistance to and collaboration with countries around the world have demonstrated the crucial role that Taiwan can play and why Taiwan matters. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Kelly Kraft delivered the event's keynote speech. She condemned claims that the U.S. would abandon its commitments to Taiwan security. I saw the disgraceful Communist Party mouthpiece, the Global Times editorial that cast doubt on our commitment to Taiwan because of Afghanistan. Shame on them. I am here to assure you that they are wrong. I am here to assure you of my belief in the firm U.S. commitment to Taiwan's defense. Kraft also condemned U.N. Resolution 2758, which stripped Taiwan of U.N. membership. She expressed hope that like-minded countries would come to truly recognize Taiwan's important role in global health and security. A fighter jet veered off a runway during a landing drill in Pingdong on Tuesday. After touching down at Pingdong Airport, the F-16V rushed off the runway surface before slowing to a stop in the grass and dipping nose first. Both pilots were uninjured. During the combat readiness simulation this morning, the weather met the parameters of takeoff and landing exercises. What happened to the jet during landing is still being investigated by a task force. Based on the information already known, the pilots did not send a distress signal indicating a malfunction. As for the fighter jets, the assessments done so far indicate there's been only minor damage that can be repaired. The jet has been towed to a hangar. It will be further assessed by technicians. The F-16 is the mainstay of Taiwan's Air Force fleet. The jet in the incident is an F-16B that was upgraded to the new F-16V standard. It was retrofitted with systems including scalable agile beam radar and an advanced electronic warfare management unit. Since 2019, Taiwan has upgraded more than 40 older F-16s. It plans to complete the entire fleet of 141 jets by 2023. Taiwan has seen a rise in investment applications from Hong Kongers as the city's people look to escape China's tightening grip. 
According to government statistics, investment applications from Hong Kong rose to a record high in 2019 and have stayed high since. But with the surge in applications, there's also been a rise in investment fraud. She chats with her employee going over the details of a project. This is Ngawing, a 38-year-old Hong Konger who relocated to Taiwan last November with her family. She and her husband opened a design and marketing firm. She says she chose to come here because she loves Taiwan. We would travel to Taiwan often. My family really liked coming here on vacation. We thought it would be easier to adapt to life in Taiwan if we came here. Some of our business comes from Hong Kong, but part of it is projects in Taiwan that we gradually acquired after we came. She and her family are among the many Hong Kongers who left their home after the crackdown on anti-extradition bill protesters. She says that starting a business in Taiwan hasn't been easy, but that she's worked hard to overcome the hurdles. According to the Ministry of Economic Affairs, investment applications from Hong Kongers have soared in recent years. In 2017, it received 749 cases. In 2019, that number jumped to 1,553, the highest ever and it stayed high in 2020 at 1,189. But as of this July, only 397 applications have been approved. That's 40% less than the same period last year, when 707 applications were approved. The main reason is linked to fraud in Taiwan's investor visa program. Last year, Taiwan tightened its rules for Hong Kong investors seeking residency. Some of them propose an investment plan, and then one year later, when they get their ID, they apply to dissolve the plan. Whether they suspend or continue carrying out their original investment plan is not subject to investigation. Last year, more than 10,000 Hong Kongers moved to Taiwan, the most in four years. Responding to exploitation of investment visas, the Investment Commission raised its standards for Hong Kong applications. It says its tougher policies also aim to block speculation in the property market. Council of Agriculture has banned the use of kitchen scraps to feed pigs in an attempt to prevent the spread of African swine fever in Taiwan. The measure will last one month and has created an urgent need for new ways to manage kitchen waste. In Taoyuan, two waste treatment works have stepped up to help manage the crisis. They ferment organic waste to produce potting soil. Barrels of kitchen scraps are piled onto the conveyor belt to be turned into fertilizer. Once it has been broken down by enzymes, it doesn't smell anymore. The product is our organic fertilizer. The Council of Agriculture has temporarily banned feeding pigs with kitchen scraps. That's to prevent any meat of unknown origin getting near Taiwan's pigs. In Taoyuan alone, there are 165 pig farms where pigs would normally be fed scraps. In Guanyin district, this treatment works has switched to using enzymes to make potting soil from kitchen waste, putting vegetable matter back into agriculture. They add enzymes to quickly ferment the waste and produce potting soil, which they can give to farmers to enhance their soil. In the future, it will also be given to urban citizens to grow flowers in. Schools and households in Taoyuan are still giving their kitchen waste to refuse collectors as normal, while restaurants and hotels send theirs straight to pig farms or to private refuse collectors. They all end up with environmental protection companies. In Taoyuan, we already have two treatment works that have been brought in urgently by the EPA. They mainly create compost by fermenting the waste. 
Right now, they can process up to 200 metric tons a day. One of the works owners told us that in the past, they'd handle an average of 30 tons a day. On September 1st, that went up to 100 tons. About a quarter of the product is potting soil. The remaining wastewater is sent to a water recycling center. The presidential office will hold a celebration on Wednesday to honor athletes who represented Taiwan at the Tokyo Olympics. Due to COVID, the general public will not be permitted at the event. But the festivities will be broadcast online for all to watch. The Olympians will get the red carpet treatment before entering the presidential office, where a party will be ready for them. President Tsai Ing-wen, Vice President Lai Ching-de and Premier Su Zhen-sang will be present to welcome the team and celebrate their achievements. The National Museum of Taiwan History in Tainan has opened a new special exhibition inspired by the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. It's titled Sports Culture in East Asia and covers Taiwan and Japan's sporting achievements and exchanges. The exhibition features artifacts from Taiwanese and Japanese Olympic athletes past and present. Let's take a look at the highlights. The National Museum of Taiwan History has partnered with National Tsengong University and Japan's National Museum of Japanese History to launch an exhibition on Taiwan and Japan's sports legacy. One of the highlights is a medal from the 1936 Summer Olympics in Berlin. It was won by Zhang Xingxian, the first athlete from Taiwan to compete in the Olympics. The exhibition contains a lot of very important artifacts and content that are worth learning about. There's artifacts from sports legends such as Zhang Xingxian and Chen Wenyan. There's a lot of items that tell the stories of athletes' lives. On display are cultural artifacts from the collections of National Taiwan Museum of Taiwan History and the National Museum of Japanese History. They include the Taiwanese delegation's outfit at the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. There's also a pair of sneakers worn by Taiwanese athlete Wu Aming when he competed in decathlon in Tokyo 1964. From Japan, there's a bronze medal won by Japan's men's volleyball team at Tokyo 1964, Japan's first medal in the sport. The significance of this exhibition is not only to explain the history of sports between Taiwan and Japan. I think the special exhibition focuses on the relationship between individuals and sports. This is a cross-generational display that rethinks the meaning of sports for ordinary people. Curators hope visitors will be able to re-examine the history of sports in Taiwan and Japan from before World War II to today. The exhibition will be on until November 7th at the National Museum of Taiwan History in Tainan. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. More AstraZeneca vaccines arrived in Taiwan on Tuesday afternoon. A plane touched down carrying 594,000 doses of Thailand from Thailand. The delivery was part of Taiwan's direct order with the manufacturer. The CCC said these latest vaccines will be offered to adults aged 23 and older. People aged 23 to 28 who signed up for the AstraZeneca vaccine by July 19th, in other words, people born on or before December 31st, 1998, these people will start to receive text messages. 
they will be able to book an appointment between 10am September 3rd and 6pm September 4th. They can book a time on September 9th and 10th. The shots used will be from the batch that just came in. Regarding our vaccination plan for Pfizer, schools will complete registration for students aged 12 to 17. The vaccines that remain will be offered to adults between 18 and 22, who can sign up using the online platform. It's our hope that will protect our least vaccinated groups. The CCC uh, said Taiwan's first Pfizer vaccines will be offered to minors 12 to 17. When asked if the first shipment will arrive September 1st, as Wiley reported, the health minister said he couldn't confirm the date, but he said, quote, I can let all of you know that the date is very close to what's been reported. He also said Taiwan can expect about 900,000 doses in the first shipment. New fall semester opens on Wednesday for all of Taiwan's primary and secondary schools. Just before the official start, one Taipei school held, held an open house. We dropped in at Renai Elementary School to see how kids and their parents are feeling about the big day. Here at the gate, this boy offers to sing us a song. He's thrilled to be back at school after the longest summer vacation. They pose for their parents, who snap a photo to remember the moment. Then it's time to line up and find their classrooms. There is plenty to be nervous about with returning to school, but this little girl is unfazed. It's no big deal. I won't be nervous. School is very fun. I have classmates who will be at my side. After three months at home, the kids are glad to be returning to school and making friends. Instead, it's their parents who've got the jitters over sending them out into the world during a pandemic. He's calmer than I am. Of course, he's got to wear a mask all day. They'll take his forehead temperature when he goes in. He's got to wash his hands. The kids will eat with partitions up. I told him school is about to start, that elementary school is different from kindergarten. I'm quite anxious, because it's been more than three months since he was last at school. For example, the first and third grades will let out for recess first. Then the fourth and fifth grades will go during second recess. Children will alternate taking breaks to minimize crowding. In addition, dividers will be used at lunchtime. But even with all the precautions, some parents say they'd rather their kids stay home. The Taipei city government says students can take up to two weeks of epidemic prevention leave, during which they must switch to remote learning. Doctors say that the first crucial juncture will be one week after school starts, that is, September 7th, when infected children could start showing symptoms. I will only take off my mask when I'm eating lunch, otherwise the mask would get dirty. He knows where the playgrounds are. With luck, he'll remember where to find his classroom too. Here at the school gate, some kids race ahead while some hold tight to mom and dad. For every single one of them, the new school year is sure to be one of a kind. A gift for incoming first graders is raising eyebrows in New Taipei. A local councillor found black grease lurking on stainless steel lunchboxes given to young children by the city government. She's raised the alarm, saying parents should give the gift a good scrubbing to make them safe for use. This stainless steel lunchbox is brand new, but a wipe with a paper towel reveals remnants of black grease. 
Even after a rinse with detergent, there is still black residue. This kitchenware was given to incoming first graders by the new Taipei city government as a back-to-school gift. Giving this present to kids was a well-intentioned gesture, an act of thoughtfulness, a token of good wishes. But it's also their responsibility to inform parents that all this tableware should be washed thoroughly before it's safe for kids' use. We'll publicize cleaning recommendations using parent-teacher social media groups or through other media channels. There will be some information online to let parents know how to wash the tableware. We got some tips from a nurse on how to get the lunch boxes spick and span. First, rub cooking oil on the inside and outside of the container with a paper towel. Use a bit of elbow grease and the greasy substance is all but gone. But to make sure every last bit is caught, you can also add flour and water into the bowl in a 2 to 1 ratio to create a sticky dough. Then rinse the dough off and the bowl is completely spotless. Pass a paper towel over it and it's as clean as clean can be. It's because during the manufacturing process, to avoid damage from scraping, they apply lubricant. Parents are very busy, especially when they both work full-time, so they might not notice it. Meanwhile, internet blogger Wu Peijin recommends putting the items in a pot with water and vinegar and bringing them to a boil to get rid of any leftover grease. Taiwan has been ranked the best place in the world for expats for the third consecutive year in a survey conducted by Internations. What makes Taiwan such a desirable place to live? For Musa News reporter Stephanie Yang speaks to expats to find out. This is Taiwan. Taiwan's the travel website Internation has ranked Taiwan as the best place in the world for expats for the third year in a row. It surveyed 12,420 expats from 186 countries and regions, asking them to rate their lives abroad according to criteria like quality of life, working abroad, and personal finance. Taipei scored high in healthcare, quality of life, and transportation. I love Taiwan, the geographic of Taiwan. Like you, you can go to the beach. It's very practical and you can also go to the mountains. I think my life in Taiwan has been pretty awesome. There's a lot of things to do in Taipei. There's a lot to offer in terms of going out. You have places around Taipei to hike. You also have good bars and stuff. So it's a very, very good place to live and work and study. According to the Internation's Expat Insider report titled The Best and Worst Places for Expats in 2021, Taiwan was ranked as the best place for expats out of a total of 59 destinations. In second place was Mexico, followed by Costa Rica, Malaysia, Portugal, New Zealand, Australia, Ecuador, Canada, and Vietnam. I grew up in New Zealand. I lived there for around 14 years. And it's the same with Taiwanese people. They're all very friendly, very welcoming. I love Taiwan because of the convenience, especially the food. And I reckon the people are just lovely here. And it makes me feel welcome. But yeah, it's an all-around like, great place to be. Fortunately, it, like, there was no lockdown until recently. And even then, it was very well handled. I was really um, surprised how well they handled the Delta variant in south of Taiwan. 
Expats say that another thing that makes Taiwan stand out is its strong epidemic prevention and friendly people. In job security, expats rated Taiwan 83% compared to 61% globally. 75% of expats were happy with their job compared to 68% globally. Meanwhile, 94% of expats were pleased with Taiwan's affordability and 96% were pleased with its medical care system. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Yan Wenchen in Taipei. An indigenous boat crew from Orchid Island has rowed a traditional Tatella boat all around Taiwan. The crew from the Tatella people set off from Taidong and made a rest stop at Kaohsiung's Love River. They hope their voyage will raise awareness of the fantastic craftsmanship of Orchid Island's native people. The Tatala, an icon of the Tao people, arrives at Kaohsiung's Love River. The crew launched the boat at Changbin Township, Taidong, and rode north up the entire east coast, then looped back south until they reached Kaohsiung two weeks later. It's wonderful that Kaohsiung has this get-into-the-water policy. That's why I deliberately steered the Tatala crew toward Love River. At Shizuan, we saw people on the water doing things like stand-up paddleboarding and canoeing, and we spoke to them. Organizer Zhang Shikai and the Karushia Warriors crew braved the waters of the Pacific Ocean and the Taiwan Strait. They wanted to demonstrate the genius of their ancestors' boatmaking and gain attention for indigenous culture. It was really thrilling on the ocean. The currents were fast and the winds high. I want the Tatala of the Tao people to be known all over the world. The head of Kaohsiung's Commission of Indigenous Affairs was there to welcome them to the city on arrival. She presented tokens of appreciation and wished them a safe onward voyage. I'm so touched and so admiring of their hard work, rowing all day from Orchid Island round the island to the north to promote our Tatala culture. That's the devotion the crew has to their heritage and to the ocean culture that has been vital for Taiwan for so long.